Welcome to the Original Slacker Podcast, Music Mash Ton. Today we're going to be chatting with Bill Gottschall of the Conservatory and four student musicians that he's brought in, uh, Faith Harden, Tyler Santi, Camber Beecham, and Rowan Fierwani. These four musicians are part of an ensemble that's going to be playing on December 9th here at the Underground. And without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Bill's going to be able to explain what the conservatory is, what they do, and how they help students. Welcome to another episode of the original Slacker Music Mash Ton. Today I have with me some guests from the conservatory, uh, led by a musician who's been to the underground a number of times, Bill Gottschall. The conservatory, for those of you who aren't aware, it's a 501c3 organization out in Doylestown that provides free and subsidized programs to disadvantaged youths, persons with disabilities, and uh, senior citizens. They rely on donations and grants from the individuals and companies in the area and foundations to to make this accessible to folks. It's a phenomenal program. And Bill, why don't you tell me a little more about what these students learn over at the conservatory? We have individual lessons like any other music school, and we have uh, more than 500 students taking individual lessons. But in the last several years, uh, I've been pushing to get us to do ensemble groups where musicians learn to play together. You can take private lessons your whole life long, but it still won't teach you how to perform as part of a group. It's just like sports. You need to have to learn certain things, of certain aspects of teamwork. And so We've been doing this now for four years. Um, in addition to our ongoing jazz groups, uh, we also have some classical ensembles, which kind of meet on a now-and-again basis. I lead a orchestra camp during the year um, in, in the summertime, and this is one that goes year-round. We've got three groups right now. We started out with just one. Rohan, uh, we're going to introduce everybody. He was here from the beginning. And uh, what, what does Rohan play? Rohan Firwani plays trumpet. I'll introduce everybody while I'm on the track here. Faith Harden plays drums. Hello. Cameron Beecham plays piano. Hi, how are you? And Tyler Santai plays bass. Greetings. And as I was saying, we had one ensemble in the beginning. Rohan joined actually in our second year of that. The first year we only had guitar, bass, and, and piano. That was it. And we started to add more instruments. And uh, came to a second group a few years ago, and this is the first time we've gotten three groups. We broke them into the basic beginner, intermediate, and advanced. It's just an interesting coincidence that all of these students in the advanced now are at the exact same age. They're all 13, all in eighth grade. So I'm hoping I can keep them for at least another three or four years as together as a unit. And we're trying to, to teach uh, building a team like that, listening to each other and playing as a group with with one goal in mind. It's all about communication. Exactly. And in this case, music communicates a different level than, say, just verbal. Right? How does that? How do you see that progress as the students grow to learn each other and then grow to get used to what, how one person plays and how they're going to respond to that? How, how's that? How have you seen that progress with these guys? The first skill I've experienced that students need to learn is to listen to each other. You're, you're so used to listening to yourself and your teacher guides you into kind of being your own self-critic so you keep, get a sense of how you're doing within a song. But then it's a whole different thing to listen to other people, 
to synchronize your timing, um, when you're going to be loud or soft to the other groups, who has the melody, so who should be more prominent than others, who's playing a background line. That, that's all things they learn gradually working together as a group. Right. And that's, that's so important for these musicians. At this age, they can probably pick it up a little faster, I think, than maybe a little older or whatnot. That will be my guess. Yes and no. Yes and uh, no. <laughs> I, one of the, the cliches that I try to fight against, actually, is that um, young people learn faster than old folks like me. But it's actually a balance because the older you are, the more life experience you have. So you can draw on other things you might have learned in another way and say, oh, this is kind of like that experience. And you, you pick it up quickly. Where when you're younger, you don't have as many frames of reference to pick up on. But, yeah, I, th I think their minds are, are probably more flexible than ours at picking up new things, which is why I hand them my phone and say, how do I do this? <laughs> so they have to compete to get into this program. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, and it's tricky. I'm, I'm still trying to, uh, quote-unquote, train my uh, administrators that you can't have two bass players, you can't have two drummers in a group. You can have as many... Uh, horn players as, as there's room on the stage but um so it's it's more competitive in that way for the rhythm section because we, we've had like last year when, when uh, camera joined us we had uh two keyboard players and i was able to divide them up that's my instrument myself so i know how to to have them play something that's complementary and not going to compete but generally yeah you have one of each rhythm section and so they wait um they just happened we had a whole crop graduate last year we had uh three high school seniors leave the advanced group and go off to college. And so we had openings here. And, um, you know, Tyler had joined during the summer. We have, we have a summer short-term program, and he impressed me with his playing, and I wanted to get him in on this group. Um, Canberra was, was, was primed to go up to the next group. Faith had already been, been um, playing with us for a while at that point. Um, in fact, Faith is... is temporarily holding down both the intermediate and the advanced group until we train a new drummer for the intermediate because we lost our drummer there. One of the things that um, private music schools have to compete against is public public schools kind of uh, trump us a lot of times and that they can make demands on kids' time. So we lost a few players this past year when they went to high school where all of a sudden now they have to sign contracts to say they're going to be available certain nights of the week for their band at school. I didn't realize that there were contracts for it's serious kids. business now. Well, and actually, the sports teams are even harder to compete against. They they have you sign contracts as well. I hope the students get some kickback in that. <laughs> well, that's that's news to me. So, are there other programs like this around the Philadelphia region? Well, our, our biggest competitor is the School of Rock, and we we try to think of it as a friendly competition. Um, as we lean more toward jazz, uh, although they're they're learning a couple rock tunes. Um, but I, I try to have them learn it through a, a, a jazz kind of interpretation in that way. Uh, school rock is more straight ahead. You know, they start with you know fifties rock and roll and move them up through the more complicated forms of rock. So if I'm a if I'm a parent, how would I get my child into this? And why don't you give me an overview of the progression through those stages? How do they move up through the levels? Sure, uh, we will. Um, Always work with anybody. I mean, technically, we like people to start in September so that they can work as a unit for the whole year. But, you know, we have a new drummer. I just auditioned for the intermediate group. Uh, she's going to start right after the holiday. 
Um, so we'll work anybody in. Uh, if you just contact us, we set up an audition. Um, you know, I don't make it um, a scary kind of process. You know, I always hated auditioning when I was a kid. You know, I felt like there was so much at stake. So I just get a chance to listen to strengths and weaknesses in a in a student's playing. Um, you know, my whole goal when I was coming through school was to be an orchestrator and arranger. So what's different about our program is that I write all the music for everything they do. I'll take a tune and I'll arrange it for the specific instance we have for their skill level. If there's a certain player that might um, have a weak point, I try to go around that, give that student time to develop that over, over the long haul and not hand a part to that student that's going to be too challenging, but also arrange them in a way that they're going to be gradually moving themselves higher and higher. That's why I like having them over several years' time, because I can move them together as a group that way. And so if they start out in the beginning, what do they need to do to get to the intermediate? Is that bumped up by age? How does that work? No, that's that's a good question, because that's a misconception a lot, that parents just don't have a a frame of reference to understand. Um, I mean, Faith's a good example here, that uh, when she came in last year, she went right to the to the upper group because even though she was only in seventh grade, her maturity in terms of playing or comfort, uh, knowing many different styles of jazz meant she could handle that right away. Um, every instrument has a different list of requirements in terms of what you need to do to be proficient, but generally it has to do with how fast a learner you are when it comes down to it. You know, the faster learners tend to move up more quickly, but over the long haul, it all evens out. Right. So the conservatory started off in the eighties, late eighties, correct? And correct. now when did you join the team over there? 2000. 2000. So, so you've been uh, with them for quite a while. Yeah. I started my 19th year in September. How have you seen it grow? It pretty significantly. Um, when it first started, I wasn't around for that, but I, I got to work several years with the founder. She had uh, been an, a piano teacher, and she found her. And the founder was, is Eleanor Gross? Yes, yeah. It goes by Dolly Gross, Dolly mostly. Gross. Um, that she had um, gone to Delaware Valley, then college, now university, and asked if they could work out some kind of cooperative agreement. She needed more space than just doing it in her home, and they uh, didn't have a very big music program at that time, if any. And so it was a, a good partnership over many years. Um, eventually then she left their physical place, but still have always cooperated over the years. And we've been in, um, I've been in three different buildings and we keep growing. Um, when I came on, we had about um, 250 students. Now I think we're in upwards of 600 um, so every time we move is just to get more more space. And you guys are staying put in Doylestown, right? You guys aren't looking to yeah. No, or... it, it's it's a place that's it's a good fit for what we do. You guys do a whole bunch of different programs within there, right? They have like tours. They have was the music cafe and stuff like that. What? Why don't you tell me a little bit about some of these? I guess tracks. Yeah, you know, what, what they are. One of the things I'm proud of is that. It's a very outward-looking organization working out into the community. It's not just we have a building, come here and take lessons. Um, we, we do have a, a program 
that we go out uh, and perform. Um, my friend and colleague, Michelle Cosgrove, who's been here just maybe six months less than I have been here, runs a program where we go out to senior facilities, uh, both housing, senior housing as well as nursing homes, and performs. And that can be any instrument. It doesn't have to be an ensemble. We um, most recently started a, a partnership where we're working with disadvantaged youths that come come in and um, they do all kinds of things. We've had camps there. We've had group classes. We've had one of our concerts here uh, back in September at the Underground. Uh, they're, they're called Kindred Arts. It's an organization that was actually founded in uh, New York City. Um, I probably it was in the 1980s, I think. Um, and it's we're, we're kind of affiliated with the local chapter here in southeastern Pennsylvania. We've also, for a long, long time, um, been providing services um, to people with disabilities. Uh, we've had a music therapy program for quite a long time. We've had partnerships with organizations like The Woods, where they would come in with their residents and um, have a concert and lunch in our, our building. We've done that for an, a lot, of, a lot of years now. Great. This is a this is a, sounds like a phenomenal organization. It's good to see that a place so local, Bucks, Montgomery County, uh, can can grow and develop talents and and reach out to people who may not have the uh, the resources to help grow that talent. What so the, we got you four guys right here hanging out and you're going to play a tune. So we're going to play what what's going to go on here and tell me a little bit about the development of how it what does it take to get them to a point where they're gelled? Well, I'll I'll give my plug here to the other folks that are behind me um in all ways. It takes really good parents and um because this is a relatively new program and I've been kind of taking the lead in this since its inception. Um, I've been trying new things out, and the parents have always been willing. And the most recent one was to come here to the underground. We did a, a show here in September. And um, one of the other teachers who was on stage with us uh, came to me and said, I would love to do a holiday show back there again. He, he loves playing here. Uh, and so um, I went to the parents and said, could we do another one? And so this is kind of a preparation for that. What we're going to play for you today is that holiday song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And the group, the same group, plus the rest of our ensemble players will be back again on uh, Sunday, December 9th. And uh, so this song will be a little preview of one of the ones we're going to do. How many hours of practice does it take to get them to be a coherent musical group? Oh, uh, that's still in process. So we'll see. <laughs> Excellent. Now uh, this they they uh, just as a, as a measurement of that, we started working on this three weeks ago, and they're up to what? You guys are about eight songs now ready already for this concert. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. So I we try to get at least one new one every week. We meet once a week for two hours, uh, maybe two even two and a half songs in in a in a session. Great. Well, I want to thank everyone for coming out today. I know they had the Lansdale Parade, which made it seemed to make it a little <laughs> shut down the streets and whatnot. I wasn't aware of that today. But <laughs> sorry about that. But I want to thank everyone for coming out. How can people find out about the conservatory? We have a website. It's myconservatory.org. 
uh, check on that. We have uh, all of our programs. Uh, I don't think I even mentioned that we have lots of group classes uh, of all types in addition to our ensemble program. And, of course, private lessons uh, for all instruments. Uh, and our phone number, uh, if you want to contact that way, is 215-340-7979. Excellent. The show is December 9th, 2 p.m. Look forward to seeing everyone out there. Uh, really appreciate you guys all coming through. Anyone have anything to add? Do you guys want to say anything? Shout out to anyone? Tyler? Tyler has that look about him, and he has something important to say. I think that joining the conservatory would be a good experience. Everything we do here is epic. <laughs> all right. Thank you all, and definitely thank you for listening to your podcast. And, uh, yeah, Bill, thanks for coming out again. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. There we go. Another great episode with Bill Gottschall. I always enjoyed talking to Bill. Bill is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to music you didn't necessarily we didn't dive too far into it today because we're talking about conservatory but but he's just a, a great mind to pick at when you have questions and you want to hear a good story because the man has has most likely been there and the these children are they're great uh, they're seventh graders and they're just great musicians and we're looking forward to that show on the ninth at the underground Lansdale by round guys brewing company as a reminder the original slacker podcast is presented by round guys brewing company with three locations, we have our Glenside Ale House, we have our Lansdale Brew Pub, and then we have the Underground. The Lansdale Brew Pub is a draft house that has 16 beers on draft, plus uh, local spirits and local wines. We have sandwiches and, and a full range of full-service menu there. And then we have the Glenside Ale House, which has Mexican-Hispanic-style food with about eight beers on draft and full selection of local spirits and wines. Now, I thought that was pretty cool. They, they did a performance after we interviewed them, and you're going to hear it in a second. Corey, what did you think about that? I think it was pretty amazing. So Corey is our hand over here, who's equally a talented musician and, and actually working the board today for this here podcast. Thank you, Corey. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's jump right into the music now and let We'll wrap this up and uh, have a great, great time. See you at the show.